Hey, I'm Vinny. And I'm Nat. And this is the Relatively Fit Podcast. I gotta hold my pop filter, hold my pop filter, because it's broken. Don't do that to me, no. (laughs) (laughs) Should we try and sing something basic and then like just work up to it like, there's a hole in my bucket, dear Liza, dear Liza. We come with that dead song, man. Listen, <laughs> everyone has to start from somewhere where they're not got the gift. Do you understand? <laughs> wow, she said I don't have the gift. Oh my god! Come on, there's a hole in my bucket. Anyways, hi, how are, are we you? recording? Oh my god, of course we are. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> Hello, everybody. I'm so sorry. I'm back on creaky chairs. <laughs> Which means she's at my house with my creaky furniture. <laughs> Getting lost in Chipstead Valley. Chipstead. Mind you. Go on. We're together now, but who knows what's going to happen in the future? What do you mean? Haven't you heard? About what? Oh. Well, the government are considering plan B going forward because... Covid cases are on the rise. So what are you saying? I don't know. What are they saying? Go to work, but don't go to work, but go to work, but don't go to work. Basically, because cases are rising, they're like, they don't want to jump the gun too soon, but then they don't want to do nothing. But then they don't want to scare everyone. So they're kind of being like, yeah. And we know what happens when they delay things and leave things too late we've seen what's happened a couple of times but at the same time they don't want to panic everyone and jump in too early so i think we're at a stage where we're watching to see what happens in the next couple of days if anything really yeah i'm so like out of touch again taking it back to the fact that i don't watch the news yeah hashtag sorry not sorry but um yeah, all I know is that I'm taking precautions still. Um, yes. Yeah, man. That's all I got to say. <laughs> well, someone, I think one of the presenters on the TV was like, okay, well, at least just introduce it not being mandatory. Um, no, being mandatory to wear a mask now. Just tell people to put their masks on again. And he was kind of like, mm, well, you know, and then they had a picture of, people sitting in the commons and like none of them were wearing masks so i think you know rather than talk about lockdowns and stuff just tell everyone look just put your mask on again job done but they're reluctant to kind of release that news so yeah that's where we are now that's where we are yeah now so enjoy being with me while you can (laughs) <laughs> oh wow should we Thank try you. there's a hole in my bucket no that, that's quite a basic one listen your face is basic yeah. oh wow <laughs> i know makeup Nothing free about this bitch over here is basic oh, wow. okay. 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 
Right, so, so how are you, by the way? I'm fine. I had a yum nut from Marks and Spencer's. I beg your pardon. Have you had a yum nut? Ooh, a yummy nut. <laughs> what is wrong with you? <laughs> Clearly, I'm high of sugar. But yes. basically, a yum nut is not dirty. It's like a cross between a donut and a yum yum. But Ooh. it's just like really nice. And do you know what it is as well? It's like you have to get the icing right and they get it spot on because mm. it's like sweet but a little bit salty. They definitely put a sprinkle of salt in their thing. Um, and yeah, it's really nice with a cup of tea. So I had a yum nut and a half, one and a half yum nuts. Who had the other one and a half? You had the other Yay! one and a half. Um, had it with a cup of tea and it was just like glorious. Mm. And yeah very good yeah it's very tasty um i'm okay actually um it's a couple weeks out from the marathon now um i'm completely very american oh yeah couple weeks out yeah (laughs) yeah um Um, sorry i'm creaking everywhere let me readjust it's my dodgy chair (laughs) oh Oh my god almost broke the table as well (laughs) she's just (laughs) smashing my house up get out (laughs) all right i'm I'm going soon don't you worry (laughs) no i don't mean it um yeah so i'm okay just got um marathon come down now where i'm just are you sad yeah because so much i I said you don't have to run like 20 miles every weekend yeah (laughs) i know madness but when i have to do it i'm like oh kill me now excuse me the guinea pigs are making noise uh yeah because they're greedy making noise (laughs) my niece has um children they're called re- who? Keeper? Raichu and Keeper. Raichu and Keeper. Yeah. They're guinea pigs. Two little lovely guinea pigs. And I met them today. And they're they just so stare cute. at me. They don't even do anything. Yeah, because they want to know what you're doing here. Who can are I, you? Can I cuddle them after? Will they scratch me? They won't scratch you. No, they don't scratch. They're just lovely. It's quite really? hard to get to them because they like to run off. And they run fast as well. I thought rabbits were quick. Oh my gosh, they are so <laughs> fast. You literally just have to dive in and scoop them up. Um, Do you get them by the scruff? No, you kind of get them in the middle of their in bodies the and then just round the back sort of scoop under Okay. and pick them up and just cuddle them. Oh, okay. They're beautiful. I love them. All right. Well, maybe I'll yeah, try. You should try. So, yeah, I'm okay. I'm a little bit sad now I don't have a project. Um, so I'm trying to set myself some little goals, um, stretching or doing some type of movement every day. doesn't have to be running. It could just be going for a nice long walk at lunchtime or stretching or doing some kettlebells. But my mission is to move every day. Ooh. Because the temptation, because I'm still working from home and the temptation is that I literally take my daughter to school in the morning, sit at my laptop, because I'm sure I'm going to get curvature of the spine or something, because literally my posture is terrible and I'm just sitting here all day, every day until I have to collect her from school. And it's just like, um, not good. Whereas when I was in the office, I'd go for a run at lunchtime. I'd get out, get some fresh air. But the temptation is literally to just hunch over the laptop. And now I don't have a goal where I have to run at lunchtime because I'm marathon training. 
I need to find other things to occupy my time. But... <laughs> but what? Someone I follow on Instagram um, posted that they were doing an ultra in December. So I kind of sent back an emoji like, woo, way. And she was like, hold on, what emoji is <laughs> like you know the party cone one where it's all like so the party cone the little like confetti thing yeah okay cool because yeah. i didn't know what woo way what emoji that was there's some new party emoji. cone woo okay Great. do you see my vision no okay. oh my god i just realized we're like recording with the tv on <laughs> d max d max maybe the we king turn of it customs off. yeah i'll put it on mute all right let's turn the tv off shall we Apologies if you heard like D-Max, D-Max in the background. What channel is that anyway? I don't know, but they, they were promoting Discovery Plus, so I'm for it. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Guys. Guys. What is this now? 90 okay. Day Fiance. So listen. Okay, so that's why we all know I watch 90 Day Fiance, 90 Day Fiance the other way, the whole 90 Day franchise. Wow. And also the Life After Lockup, Love After Lockup franchise. Anyway, what's going on? There's some new one yet. Well, I say new, but it's new to me in it. And um, it's Sanchia who brought this up to me. Sanchia, we've interviewed her on the podcast before. Yes. Please listen to it if you haven't already. It's all about yoga. yoga. Anyways, she was telling me about this one because she wa- she's watched a few of Love After Lockup, whatever. But she was telling me about this one where it's inmates but they meet basically other inmates in prison <gasps> and how they communicate. And basically they like bang on the toilet and then it's like, it's like Morse code. So it might be like, and then that's like, What's I want to talk to you. So it'll be like, I'm here. And then, and then I'll go. And then they put like a pipe or something, or I can't remember <laughs> what she said, but they do something down the toilet. And then when they want to write letters, they like write their letter. And then like they put it in like bare things, bare wrappers and stuff, and then rip up their bed sheet and then tighten a bed sheet. And then basically bang to say that they're going to flush the toilet <laughs> with this the letter This is a lot down, of work. And then they have to then get it through the toilet. And sometimes it's got all stuff all over it and stuff like uh, that. No. Um, but yeah, it sounds really, really interesting. It's called Jailbirds, apparently, and it's on Netflix. And I'm about to get <gasps> locked in and right. locked on well, on my trip. I've got a long drive somewhere. I'm going to be on a coach, about four hours at least. Oh my gosh, that's Bye. like when... Oh, you're going on a coach. Okay, sorry to cut you, but that just reminded me of something that happened around this time about six years ago. I did my first half marathon in Manchester. In Manchester, and we I sat know. on that coach, and oh the toilet smell. <laughs> <laughs> and you I vowed died. never to get on a coach again. Um, that, no, why are you I, getting on a coach again? Because that one was Mega Bus. We went on. Yeah, we went on Mega Listen, Bus. It was cheap. No, no, I'm not doing this one because also Mega Bus stops off like ten places. Oh gosh, yeah, I was begging I'm to die by the end of it. I was it. like, where are we? Are we it's, in France? It's <laughs> National Express or nothing. Do their toilet smell? I mean, the last time I went on National Express, no. Okay. And it was clean and the seats were like all leathery and stuff. Oh. Um, it was just a little bit more, you know. Luxurious, luxurious as coaches go. As coaches go. 
But yeah, I've got a long journey. So you're going to watch so. Inmates and Toilets. No, I'm not feeling that Yeah, one. man. I, I like the vibe of it. So hold on a minute. Go on. Is this... So I take it that it's like female prison. So it's female, oh. female. Or is it so female to male, male, male? That. It's yeah. um, a mixed sex prison. What? Um, But that I think each like... Do they group exist? is held on different floors or something <gasps> like this. Okay. Um, okay. Anyway, I don't know if I'm explaining it right. It it's sounds just dirty. how I remember it. But <laughs> it sounds like my kind of show. And I'm, if you don't know already, like I'm so into like trash TV. That's like what I do in my downtime. Mm. So if there are any like trash TV shows that you want to share with me that I perhaps might not have seen, please mm. share them with me. Have you seen Married at First Sight? Um, you do you know what? A lot of people have been saying that and I've not really gotten in, like, I've not really watched it. So that's another one for me to watch. I watched the Australian one. That was quite good. I haven't seen the English one, but I, I've gone a bit highbrow, you see. Hmm. on netflix i'm watching oh lots of <laughs> okay so you're watched... watching lots of killer man shows yeah well you know i like my murders and my dramas yeah. and stuff but i watched squid game which i absolutely loved um so through that i'm in that now i'm watching that are you i'm up red to... light green light i'm up to the episode <laughs> where they're playing the marble game oh Oh, yeah. That was sad. Uh, that was sad. That, anyway, I don't know if anyone's, well, seen it up to that point. I don't want to give anyway, any spoilers away in case you haven't. But that man, yeah, who was with you the know? Asian guy. Yeah. I was like, Asian man, don't trust him. Don't Look trust what he's going to do after he messed up my guy when it came to the sugar cane, the, the caramel thing, the yeah. caramel game. And he almost lost his life. Listen, anyways. I think because um, I've done like, you know, like the mental health training and everything. Um, I know it's just a film, but kind of the human mind and the things that people are prepared to do really interest me. And I know it's just a film, but I think basically I would die in the first round. Because I tend to try and think of... Because basically you have to be selfish and you have to put yourself first and you have to... Say like with team games, just like at school, mm. you if you're playing football, you want to find the best people for your team because it gives you a better chance of surviving. And if I saw someone sitting there looking sad and like they can't run for anything and they can't kick a ball, I'd choose them. Me, bitch, bye. So, yeah, you see? So bye. I would dead. I would dead from the start. Listen, do you know who I, if I was in Squid Game, I would be my girl with the um the fringe and the short hair. Oh, she was not playing. I'd be her. But don't, you know don't what? Don't play with me. Don't mess with me. No. Do you know what though? Go on. Maybe I wouldn't dead. You know why? Why? Because seeing that old man, I, I couldn't leave him by himself. Like if I see, if I saw somebody who had a disability or, you know, like I was saying, if they were slow or nobody else wanted to choose them, I would choose them. And that old <laughs> man, I would have stuck with him. And you know what? Not saying anything, but I think it would have served me well. 
so maybe I wouldn't yeah. dead so quick, you know maybe, what I'm saying? Maybe. <laughs> no, I hear what you're saying. And like... But you don't care. No, You'd but be listen, that girl. Right, listen. Disclaimer. In real life, I'm not like that. Okay? No, no. But this is a matter of life or death. Yeah. <laughs> and also walking away with a lot of money. Yeah. So, yeah, I feel like... I feel like I would be not as trusting as some of the people them mm. even if we were in a team um i feel like in those situations we're talking like this has really happened you know but i was like but in if my you're head, in a situation where you have to survive mm. you've got to be ruthless but i don't but think that's I what i mean streak. in terms of like ruthless mm. but trusting your gut with it like yeah i think that's that's when your real kind of like gut instincts come into play, like massively. My guts are a mess. <laughs> All right, so let's let's begin our squid game, everybody, so we can test our gut instincts. Woo. Okay. What are we gonna do? Red light, green light. No, do you know what we're gonna do? <laughs> we were having this conversation the other day, right? And I was saying to um Mills, I was like, ah, oh, if we were in squid game, yeah, what games would you wanna play? Mm. And then I was like, oh, we could play runouts. Do you remember runouts? Yes. Yeah, we could play runouts. And then we could play Patball. Do you remember Patball? Yes. And then he, what what game did he say? I can't remember. Um, and then one up with the coin. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't know. But listen, them gerbils. Oh, uh, guinea pig. Guinea pig hamster. You've mislabeled my my pets. I know. Sorry. <laughs> I'm just like messing with your identity. Not respecting your identity. I'm Rude. Very sorry. <laughs> very sorry about it. But red light. Sorry, I'm obsessed with red light, green light. Because it reminds me of what's the time, Mr. Wolf? Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Do you know what? What's the time, Mr. Wolf? <laughs> One o'clock. <laughs> what's the time, Mr. Wolf? Two o'clock. <laughs> Dinner time. Dinner oh. time. Do you know, I saw the funniest <laughs> meme, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I hate Instagram. I hate it. <laughs> I saw the funniest meme where it was like, obviously, you know when the head, it like turns around. Mm. So the green light is when she's not looking, isn't it? Yeah. So the green light, she's like green light. And then it shows a picture of like planting, frying. <laughs> and then red light, he turned around and his bun up. <laughs> It really is that quick, isn't it? <laughs> when mum said, watch the planting. And you literally look away for two seconds and you turn around the plant is just black. <laughs> See, you shouldn't have said that now because I've had a lot of sugar and I'm feeling... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. This show's freaking stop. I can't. <laughs> You're going to have to show me that. I'm sorry, that's really tickled oh me. <laughs> it's because it's so true. It's so true. Oh, no. I'm sorry. I'll try and find it uh, when we finish. I feel like we've spoken a lot and we ain't even gotten to yeah. what we're meant to be speaking about. But I'm watching. Can I just say? Go on. So from Squid Game, I'm now interested in like Korean films and directors. Um films by korean directors mm. um and i found one called uh i think it's princess kai 
Mm. It's really good, but it's like 52 parts and they're all like an hour and a bit. So it's so long and dramatic, but I love it. So that's what I'm watching at the moment. Oh, and You is back. So I need to schedule that in somewhere. You, isn't, is that the one where he had the library and he was killing people in the library? Yeah. So He's I don't killing think, everyone. I don't think I finished watching even the first um, series of that, you know. Okay. Well, you need to get onto that while you're on the back. coach yeah. with a smelly yeah. toilet. Sorry, with the nice, fresh, it's got the nice toilet, smelling man. toilet. Got a nice toilet. So what are we doing today? Apart from talking about Netflix. Oh. And nuts. <laughs> Yum nuts. Yummy, <laughs> yummy nuts. Yummy nuts. Oh, it's so yummy. Oh, dear. <laughs> okay. <laughs> sugar rush. Sugar rush. Sugar rush. Sugar rush. Hamsters. Guinea pigs. Sorry, guinea pigs. <gasps> anyway, on to what we should be talking about today, because yes. actually we do have a podcast with a purpose. Yeah, like podcast. <gasps> podcast with a purpose. I'm breaking away from you and I'm copywriting that. And I'm off. Podcast with a purpose. Yes. But what's the purpose? <laughs> the purpose? Your face. Because I'm just like, first of all, I'm your sister. You were just talking about Squid Game and about being selfish or unselfish. And you was like, oh, yeah, you'd help the people there. Look how you just teeth up my idea. <laughs> yeah. Bye. Ready to go. Your Red face light. Favor. <laughs> face favor. Anyways. The purpose your of our face podcast. favored a doll. Yeah. Your face favored light. red light, green light. Ooh. How about it? How about it? Her hair was laid. You see her hair and her little the buns. And her eyes them. Um yeah, the purpose of our podcast, mm-hmm. just to remind y'all. Yes. We motivate you to move anyway, shape or form. Absolutely. To stay happy and healthy. 360 babes. So it's not just about fitness but it's about your overall health and wellness mm-hmm. and how we can achieve that and also just our experiences through the lens of young black women i'm young <laughs> you're young <laughs> if you saw me sweating like now you'd be like young <laughs> i don't think so perimenopausal maybe oh <laughs> there's an episode about that i have you know yes well i'm still young you're still young. Yeah. But yeah, that's the purpose of our podcast. Can I just say, Go on. like, people in their 40s, when I was younger, looked a lot different to how people in their 40s look now. Continue. Different how? Older. <laughs> oh. <laughs> look at the fashions. I think we're a bit more kind of like 40s is the new 30s or something. Oh, okay. We're a lot more visible. I think visible. Yes. Yeah. Which is important because as you get older, um, society seems to um see the visibility of women differently. Like youth and everything is celebrated twenties, early thirties, and then thirty mid thirties people start making the comments and things. Mm. And then when you get into your forties it's just like Yes, very much so as women. Yes, so our kind of, I don't like to say it because it's rude, but looking at the way society would say view yourself and view me, it's like shelf life, if you like. Um, There's a time on it, there's a big time on it, which is wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, So yes, I'm in my 40s and yes, I'm still young, 
I think I'll always be <laughs> in my mind. <laughs> Continue. Continue. Yes. Um. So yes, back onto why we're really here. Sorry. We caught up with a lovely, lovely young lady. Yes. By the name of Ruth. Ruth, a.k.a. The Curvy Ballerina. Um, and she is the founder and head principal of Point Black. Um, and that is a black-owned ballet school in South London, challenging the stereotypes and focusing on diversity and inclusion in the ballet and dance world. Yes. Yes. Great girl. Amazing. Yes. So, yeah, listen to our chat with the Ruth, a.k.a. the Curvy Ballerina. We hope you enjoy. Enjoy. Thank you so much for joining us this evening to come and chat with us. Um, like we're big fans of what you do um, with Point Black. Um, we're probably going to talk a little bit, obviously, like what Point Black is and how it started. But from like our research that we've done on you, hashtag stalkers, joking. Um, <laughs> But we we found out that you started dancing at age three years old. Is that right? Yes, yeah, a little bit before three, but yeah, basically three. Hours. Ah, amazing. So ballet, I guess it was that you started dancing, but what was it about ballet that kind of um, captivated you and made you want to stick with and run with? Two things. Um, and one's going to sound more controversial than the other. But <laughs> the first one is is just just the freedom, the freedom of, of moving, the freedom of having a grace, but also the stamina, mm. the kind of um, fusion between hard work and elegance. All of that stuff just just really fit with me. Um, and my family in general is quite a musical family so um, it came quite natural to me in terms of just dancing and picking up the steps and everything like that so just the freedom to just dance how I felt I could dance um, and the second one in terms of like why I stayed is because I knew that it wasn't made for me so it was like a well i'm gonna be here <laughs> no matter what um which which is i guess a good thing because i'm here now but there are definitely times where i needed to take a step back for myself um but yeah so those are the the two things freedom and being rebellious <laughs> <laughs> so actually i think that's a really interesting point to actually bring up Mm. in you saying that you felt like it wasn't made for you what was it about it then that made you feel that way and then that in turn made you think right I'm well I'm, I'm staying, staying in. I'm yeah. staying yeah. <laughs> um oh my goodness so many things like you have the history of ballet itself um the fact that it's made um by the French are made famous by the Russians and, you know, French are massive colonizers. You have the whole thing around 
the ballet pink mm. and the whole thing about that is you have the pink ballet tights and the pink ballet shoes on a european skinny or slender female because it's meant to make her look like one nice aesthetic long line from head to toe now if you were to put on pink ballet tights or anything pink as a black or brown person or Latina person, that brown will clash with the pink and it comes out gray. And so just even something that you think is so simple as uniform, even yeah. me putting that uniform on was kind of just like, there was a part of me that was like, this doesn't look right. But there was also a part of me that's like, I know why it doesn't look right and I'm gonna wear it anyway. Mm -hmm. um, and a big part of that was also because I didn't have any choice, like skin colored things or nude things in general, whether that be hosiery or socks or do you know what I mean? Back in the days of, we didn't have that when we had Arden and Obs. I don't know if you remember that story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We didn't have that until very, very later on. Then they started bringing in the chocolate tights and or the barely black tights. American tan, and I don't know what colour that was supposed to suit, but it was right. meant to us. And it's like, we come in such a variety of shades. Like that you've American got the, tan? Yeah. It just, it was like... Exactly. <laughs> exactly. American ash. American. <laughs> Literally, because it was terrible. Because obviously, there's so much um, diversity with black and brown people. Anyway, in terms of skin tone, you've got the lightest light and the darkest dark, and then you've got American tan, <laughs> and like that's not going to suit anyone but that was like at one stage the best that we had the best the best that we had exactly the best that we had and so and even that came a, about much later you know mm. we've only really had a good option of nude stuff over the past five six years yeah um and so yeah it was just the fact that I had no choice and I knew that there was nothing else out there but I also knew that I was going to do ballet anyway and I was I was good at it. I knew what I was doing. I enjoyed doing it. Um, so yeah, that was that was a bit of a <laughs> a rebellious rant there. But <laughs> no, but it's good to yeah. know where it all started from because I've kind of got a side question, um, which is kind of personal to me, really. Um, so you started ballet obviously at three or before then you said and you've come from a musical family and everything um through the years from from what you can remember were you pushed or encouraged by teachers to try another form of dance rather than ballet and i say that as i said quickly before in terms of a personal experience it's kind of like why don't you try modern? Why don't you try jazz? Why don't you try something else? So did you experience that growing up? Um, that's a very, very good question. And I'm gonna try and phrase this very carefully. Mm -hmm. But the answer is yes. Yeah. Um, I, I was pushed. So. 
I was pushed to a lot of different directions for a lot of different reasons by a lot of different people. Mm-hmm. So at the same time I was doing ballet, I was also doing something called stagecoach, which is like oh. the singing and the dancing and the acting. Yeah. Um, and again, musical family, and I can sing, I can play an instrument. Um, so I was very much pushed to go that way. Mm-hmm. By my ballet educators, I was pushed to teach instead of going to dance college right. because it was their way of, and I truly believe they, it wasn't malicious. It wasn't malicious. Mm-hmm. They just didn't understand that I just needed to go and take up the space. But instead I was encouraged to teach or to help out um, or to choreograph certain dances that weren't the traditional balletic dances because Ruth you have that different eye or Ruth you have that different ear um so yes and also by my mother my mum saw me wear all of these things that didn't look nice on a short stubby (laughs) curvy (laughs) black girl and she says sometimes why don't you do a modern class? Why don't you teach a street class? You know you can do it. Mm. Um, so those are the different types of pushes and the different nudges that I've had in different directions for various different reasons. Um, yes, it's not it's not malice. I mean, I've had I've had these sort of old school traditional teachers say, like, "Look at your legs; you'll never make it." Mm. Um, but in general, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the ballet world. It's, That's it's, the ballet world. They're very, they're just going to tell you. They're very cutthroat. Remember, it's, yeah. So remember, this is. In my head. Obviously, <laughs> <laughs> now, anybody that says that to me, I'm ready to throw hands. But yeah, yeah. But, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's a different world, you know. And, and because I started so young I had teachers telling me this giving me this information I'm seven years old or I'm 10 or I'm even at 15 and I had grown my big big attitude by then but I was still listening because I didn't know anything I couldn't see anything else people like Mr Copeland didn't come up until I was mm-hmm. 18 19 years old yeah so to answer your question yes I was pushed in a certain direction and sometimes I took that direction because I didn't see anybody doing anything else yeah but now I refuse to take that direction and I refuse (laughs) to let anyone else push any child or adult to take that direction good for you I just like I I was never I don't think I did ballet to like the extent that you did it no. I think we kind of like dipped in and out in school but like it was never a weekly situation but I never forget when the teacher was like tuck your bum in mm. <laughs> to where and I was like if I tuck my pelvis under, like tuck your pelvis tuck your bum in and I'm like I tuck my pelvis under anymore my pelvis is gonna touch my forehead like it's just the shape of my body bro like it's just the shape of my body and yeah like some of us are just built differently and I I do feel or even though that was a very small experience and it, it happened once because I never consistently went to ballet you know I do think about 
maybe the impact it would have had as like I'd grown in my body had changed even more and like how that would have made me feel in certain spaces and stuff like that. So, you know, kudos to you for standing your ground and really, I guess, being open to hearing what people have to say, but actually being strong in what you felt and mm. where you wanted to go. Cause that's not always easy to do, especially at um, such a young and impressionable age. So yeah. yeah, kudos to you. And being the change that you want to see as well. Because yeah. now look where you are. Yeah, which brings us to our next point, like fast forwarding. So you founded your company, which is called Point Black. Black? Am I pronouncing that right? Point Black. Yes. Um, so talk to us a little bit about um, your journey into founding the company, um, your reasons behind it, and yeah, just how it's kind of flourished from like baby stages to now. Um, so it's such an interesting thing to think about because I have to pinch myself every time I think about it, uh. but, um, I actually had the name Point Black for about five, six years. Um, and it is a play on the phrase point blank, um, because I was just point black tired and point black period which is why it that almost came out of my mouth when I was saying it that's absolutely fine that's absolutely perfect um and then I also wanted to have something with the name black in it so that people could know it was for us by us um and point is you know like um uh, what you do when you go up on your tippy toes in those shoes they're called point shoes so it's all just wrapped up in ballet and black stuff. Um, and I founded the company technically last year, January. So January of 2020. And I held my first ever classes last year, February. Two weeks before the whole pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, and my first lesson I had like six people in my class and it was just lovely and then my second lesson there was no one in the studio and I called my mum in tears and she came down and we just she just recorded me dancing it out basically um and then we all had to stay home and then I was saying well lord you make me start this thing yeah and looking at me so I was like okay well I'm going to try and do some stuff online um but by the time I had done that um at this time I was freelancing doing project management for a charity and our busiest time was of Easter and summer so it wasn't till after summer I decided to move stuff online and by then everybody was zoomed out so Everybody was like, no, we'll start back when you're able to be back in the studio. And I was like, no, but I need you to be here now. Um, And I waited and I waited and I waited um, and I prayed and I prayed and I prayed and literally pray, yeah, and tears. Um, And uh, Boris said that we could be open as of April and I opened the studio again in at the the last week of April um, and we had a studio in a school in Crystal Palace 
and it's first ever children's class and I had my child there um, and I couldn't get into the building because the caretaker was late by oh. over an hour. Oh. And then when I got into the building, it was a caretaker that had never been to the building before. So he was standing there telling me that they didn't have a dance studio. And I was like, yes, you do. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I came back home again and I cried and I prayed and I looked to God. I said, look, God, you made me to this thing. Yeah. <laughs> again. 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 Um, and then, uh, I, I, I don't know how to explain it. I just said, listen, in your light, in your way, in your will. And um, so it led me to just try a studio that was booked up before and it became free. Then we had our first <laughs> lesson <laughs> in May of this year. And that's that's where we are now. Amazing. Wow. Oh, gosh. So you've been through the mill just to get to where you are. Just to have one less, just one yeah. successful lesson. And how, how was that one? How did that feel completing that one after being through so many, I guess, trials in the lead up to that? It felt awesome because the studio was actually one, it, it was twice the size of the ones that I had before. It was closer to my house. It was just everything about it just fit a lot better. Mm um and it and it felt really good you know and from that day where i had one child to now i have 27 children oh, wow. it it really that's why i say i have to pinch myself it really is surreal in four or five months and i've literally just done i feel like okay i was gonna say i've done nothing but that's not true and i have to have to not undersell yourself know your worth um Absolutely. <laughs> But yes, yeah, I didn't have an Instagram before last year. I didn't do any of that stuff. Um, but I just learnt and learnt and fought and worked hard, um, as well as having my full time job that funds everything. So what what is your full time work, if you don't mind us asking? So, um as of this year, I started a new job in March. So I do project management. Um, at the Royal College of Psychiatrists. I work on the National Audit of Dementia. Um, and it's a company that I have, I've worked so hard to get here, honestly. Just mental health in general and well-being in general is yeah. just a massive passion of mine. My degrees in psychology, I am a survivor of a mental health disorder and I've looked after family members that has had mental health disorders as well. So it all kind of intertwines with the whole movement and the fact that movement is so important with your well-being. And it's not just about exercise and the endorphins, but it's about the the coordination and, and seeing friends and so many different things. I could talk forever and ever about it. But um, yeah, so I do that sort of nine to five um, and then do Point Black as well. It's so funny because like, as you're speaking, I'm like, I've got so many like questions that like have been sparked now yeah. that I just want to like dive in. I'm sure it's the same. Fire, fire. Yeah, I want to take it back just a little bit too. Um, because you mentioned that you started this just before the lockdown, the first one last year. 
So I just wanted to ask, like, how um, did the lockdown affect? I mean, we kind of know the ways that it affected moving forward, like physically in terms of having a space, but did it affect um, your business in any other ways? Or did it provide also like maybe some opportunities that you wouldn't have seen or had carved out initially if you didn't have the time or the space to with lockdown? I think that was exactly what it was. I think it was the time. It gave me the time to actually plan things out and to think about things. Um, Because I had started the classes just to have classes, just to have a space for us. And, and that was it. I wasn't talking about my journey. I wasn't talking about my story because I didn't want it to be about me. I just wanted it to be about ballet. Mm. Um, and it was in that moment that I had to stop. And I had so many people that say, well, you need to put your face out there. And I'm like, no, I'm all right. I'm good, thanks. It's not, <laughs> that's gonna have to do with me. Um, but yeah, that time really did allow me to say what my story is mm-hmm. um and i think that that is probably the thing that people appreciate the most is just the journey yeah. hearing about the journey and i wouldn't i wouldn't have been able to do that if we weren't in lockdown i think that's the thing as well because for other people that we've spoken to it's almost like times of adversity really make you grab that opportunity it really makes you go for that job or speak to that person or you know whatever it is because we're kind of seeing what's going on in the world and we're like we've got to take this opportunity now because I've kind of been like looking around through the whole pandemic thing and people are setting up businesses everywhere they're sewing clothes they're baking cookies they're making bread and it seems like just so many new businesses are coming up all the time and you think, well, to set up a business at this time is a little bit scary, but you still held your nerve throughout all of that. So that's that's pretty good. No, I wouldn't say I held my nerve. I wouldn't say I held my nerve at all. I wouldn't say I held my nerve at all. There were really times where I, yeah, I was just like, all right, but this is just not meant to be. Okay, cool um honestly get through it then um how did I get through it I think it was just mostly mostly family members who just know that I've done ballet and I've always wanted this and just to remind me why I'm here um and also like other opportunities kind of came through so for example um because of the whole global pandemic, um, I ended up volunteer teaching ballet to um, some uh, children in Guatemala. Oh, wow. Online. So a good two, three times a week at like 10 p.m. here, which is like, you know, time for them over there. I was I was teaching ballet online. Um, another thing was Brent council were doing like a online black history month last year and they had asked me to put like a um, a piece together and so um yeah so i had to i had to choreograph i had to 
get a costume i had to go out there i had to record it i had to edit it and put it all together so there were opportunities that i wasn't able to listen to the voice that was saying you can't do this i mean yeah without those i don't know if i would have carried on honestly rolling back actually um because you mentioned kids so what's the age range that you teach in your classes so i smile because <laughs> people often look shocked at me so the youngest child that i have she is now 17 months and the eldest that i have in terms of the children is is eight years old and even that within itself was just a complete surprise it wasn't what i had set out to do i thought i would get more teenagers i didn't even have a baby ballet class and it wasn't until a whole load of parents were like um, my child wants to go to ballet. I'll be like, okay, how old is she? She's two. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, and eventually I just, I just made the class. And the thing for me is that um, just ballet within itself, traditionally has always been like very restrictive. You have to be this or you have to do that. Or sorry, we don't accommodate for this. And sorry, we don't accommodate for that. And I wanted Point Black to be the complete opposite for it to be a family and for me to use my expertise yes but also to listen to what the community is saying and at that time the community was saying we need a baby ballet class and now i've had to split that class in half because it's just too big for me Mm -hmm. there's 15 of them wow um so yeah and then yes that's that's the age range so far and we'll see how it goes from there do you teach adults I do. <laughs> I do have an adults class. Um, and that, I mean, that within itself is just something so rewarding. Um, so many, so many people have so many emotional scars from old valid teachers that I've told them that the same thing of, you know, their bum being too big. I had someone come up to me and say, my ballet teacher used to call me the elephant and that was my nickname. (gasps) And I looked at her and I was like, yeah, okay, what's their name? What's their address? What's their social? No, I'm joking. But (laughs) it was just, it was, it's, it's, that's why when you made that comment about tucking the pelvis under, and I want to, I want to make this very, very clear that, in ballet, posture is extremely important. Mm-hmm. However, if you have a good teacher and a good educator, they'll be able to tailor to what the right posture looks like for your body. Yeah. So, no, you don't want that look of a curved spine. But it's not just about tucking the pelvis under. If you shift your weight forward slightly, for me, as a black person with a big bum, it already looks like my back is a lot straighter. I didn't learn that until my adult years and I had my first ever black ballet teacher. Mm. (laughs) So that's why I say teaching adults for me is just so rewarding, especially now as I myself, I'm 
it going into ballet not just as an educator but learning at the same time and um yeah there's just so many so many things to unravel yeah as well definitely because in doing a bit of research um I mean I've I've known about Misty Copeland for a little while, but I didn't know that she was the first African-American principal dancer for the American Ballet Theatre. Yeah. I had no idea. Um, delving into her story a bit, I mean, she goes on record and talks about all the challenges she faced, which were numerous. And obviously, you know, we've talked about body types and everything. And on one of the pieces I read, it said that she hit puberty at 19 and she was told that her body type wasn't the norm for a ballerina and that she was too quote unquote athletic. So it was really interesting where you were saying that people had a lot of scars, you know, obviously someone being called an elephant by a ballet teacher is like horrific. And now we're trying to talk about body positivity and everything like that. But Obviously, that wasn't a thing back in the day so much as it is now. Yeah, definitely. Um, and you know, there's there's so many other there's so many other stories, and they are all shared across the world amongst mm-hmm. Black, Latina, Brown, Asian, any type of non-white ballet dancer. And I really, really felt that when um, there is an old dancer from the Dance Theatre of Harlem, and she now does a whole load of freelance and yoga stuff. And we were having a conversation online a couple of months ago, and she told me about how she used to wear two pairs of ballet tights in order to make the pink look more pink. Mm. And I looked at her and I said... I did the exact same thing growing up. Mm. She is in Florida. I'm over here in in rough old South London. (laughs) (laughs) We have that same shared experiences. Yeah. And that's the when I'm things like that, you read the stories of Misty Copeland about being too athletic. There are other people on the other side. It's just it's shared it's shared everywhere yeah it's shared everywhere taking it back to um again like when you were speaking I was like oh my god the questions the questions they're coming to me mm. um just rolling back to like your day job um and working what you do full time um I also found out that you are a life coach too um, so how, I guess, how does dancing then, how do you use that in your day-to-day to help with your own mental health? Um, and also how does life coaching help with like your teaching? Because I found um, that, yeah, like those things aren't, as separate as people may think they are and they're they're always intertwined and they're always linked and even my own story what got me into fitness just the act of moving my body um was such a release at the time I didn't have access to like mental health care like therapy and stuff like that just couldn't afford it um 
so yeah, how, how has dancing helped you in that way? And how have you in turn been able to use movement, use ballet and your life coaching to help others with their mental health? Um, so I'll talk about others first and then myself. Um, in terms of ballet itself, and this comes from the first question when I said it's about freedom and the art itself is extremely liberating and then adding that extra seasoning on top of a studio that is inclusive for me was extremely important so um if you look on my page that sounds like a cheeky plug plug away um, if you look on my page, on my Instagram page, and I put up a reel about what we do at the end of every class with the older ones, and that's positive affirmations. And, and that's something I learned in therapy and something that I advocate for in my life coaching and something I do in my own day-to-day -day practice. And um, I picked affirmations that I thought were appropriate for that age that I thought was appropriate for the challenges that just comes with doing something as hard as ballet and also were appropriate for us in terms of black confidence and so we say that I can achieve anything I put my mind to and I am black I am beautiful and I am brave at the end of every um and for the adult class sometimes i do some mindfulness at the beginning or the end of class sometimes it is incredibly easy to you you know the vibes you're rushing around you're trying to get there on time or something's happened in the morning or your kids didn't sleep well or something and etc etc so you come into the fitness class and then it's already ballet so it's already hard and do you know what I mean? And you're just like, oh my God, I can't do anything. Mm -mm, nah, mm -mm. We're going to stand here. We're going to stand at the bar. We're going to close your eyes. And the first thing we're going to do is we're going to give ourselves a smile. Relax that jaw. Unclench those teeth. Because you are here. And that's half of the battle. And that's what matters. What matters is that you try. And that's it. It's not the fact of having positive vibes only. Because... There's always going to be things that happen. That's just ridiculous to say that all the time. Yeah. But those negative vibes that do come, let's address it. Let's move on from it. And that's that's how I use um, my experiences, I guess, um, with mental health and coaching. And I'm being through therapy myself um, in my classes. Um and then the second part of that, in terms of myself, oh my goodness. Um, so whilst I was in therapy, we had to write a list of non-negotiables. And it was basically just things that we had to do every day or every week, etc. And if those things fell out of place or fell out of line, then something is not right. And movement was in there. Like, I have to do something every morning before I set out to do anything 
um whether that be going to the gym whether that be doing some improv outside whether that be doing this this morning i did a fitness video um there's these um beautiful two sisters called and eight fitness and they have like a beyonce fitness 20 minute sweat cardio and my mom and i <laughs> i've never heard of this <laughs> and eight and as if to say five six seven and eight okay. um i have the their um page and and their youtube link that i use specifically but and it makes such a difference like even my staff colleagues will know if i just sit down on my laptop and log on and i haven't moved I, it's like when people don't have coffee like i can't <laughs> i can't function I'm grouchy. it just doesn't work um and yes and like i said if if something feels slightly out of place um then i know if i'm putting movement to the side for other things or my anxiety will go up if i'm not moving as much and so yeah it's all it's all intertwined for me love that and i think it's so nice that when the focus is taken away from what you look like or what you can achieve like if you do this amount of whatever and actually put the focus on how does doing this thing make you feel? Mm. Um, I think that's such a major game changer um, in terms of like helping like your mental health. And I guess like in some cases there will be um, like an extra effect of like how it maybe affects your body like what that looks like but it is not the main focus or it's not your reason or your why to moving um so I think that's really cool thank you so much for sharing that mm. um what would you say to someone who wanted to try ballet because obviously when we look at the tv we see a certain aesthetic like what we've spoken about before and someone may feel well that isn't for me unlike yourself where you thought well this isn't for me but I'm gonna stay here um what would you say to someone like a young person how to find a class you know what would you say to them um I would say that unfortunately it's still not easy that it's not impossible um, and in terms of finding a class or, or a school or a studio, making sure that you are setting your expectations from the very beginning. Mm -hmm. There's absolutely nothing wrong. And I've done this in my adult years, finding ballet teachers for myself. And I'd say it's very important for me that you are aware of how to teach a black person who has a curvy spine, who has a big bum, who has bandy legs, and teach me on the basis of me being me. Yeah. Um, and understand that sometimes I will come in with my, my head wrap and the next day I will be in braids and the next day I might have my wig on and then the next day I'll be back in my head wrap and not stand there and ask me, why does your hair look different today? Yeah. God. <laughs> and you play the same thing for a parent as well because obviously you know if you've got 
a young child and you want to find a class for them so you'd use that same advice as well it's the exact same the exact same thing how we think of at schools where we should have at least one black educator it's the same for dance exactly the same people need to be in a space where they either have people around them that not only look like them but share the same ethos and values and that is the most important thing i i I know white teachers out there that are doing some really really good work in their schools and other teachers who have struggled but they're reaching out because they want to do better and that is okay but it's it's just gonna be a journey in terms of researching and finding something that is right for you um but the most important thing is that you don't change and your child doesn't change yeah period i have seen a lot of children go through myself included i perm my hair because of ballet Mm. i used to wear a lot of weaves every time it was a show just so that i could have that straight look like everybody else looked like because every time i would wear braids or something of a hairstyle that my teacher didn't understand it was always a big thing a big hoo-ha um when i was younger my mom was like no i just paid for her hair to be braided so she's gonna have braids in her (laughs) and that's the stance that we need to take we're not here to change for nobody making sure that you are staying authentic yeah that that is the key somewhere where you can be authentic or your child can be authentic it's the only thing that matters because dance and movement like sport or anything else is for everyone and should be for everyone yeah and it's also very vulnerable fitness is a very vulnerable thing yeah you're 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 putting your body into positions that it's not naturally made to do so it's a it's a very vulnerable thing um so you have to feel right in doing it yeah exactly i've got a couple questions just to close um where do you see point black I keep on saying point blank. Point black. Point black. Where do you see point black in, say, the next two to three years? Because you're still in, like, your early stages, your baby stages, but even so, like, you've achieved so much. So, wow. Where do you see it going from here? Um, Had you asked me that a year ago, I'd probably say where I am now like i set myself a target of having at least like five kids in a class um god that's crazy to even think about (laughs) Um, in two to three years definitely our building that's the that's what we're gonna do we're gonna have point black capital and a studio speak it into existence um but yeah and it's not just about a studio as well i want it to be a space where people come and um eventually do dance therapy um and a place where i can also do my life coaching and 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 other black therapists and coaches and creatives can come 
um, and have a space. Um, so, yeah, that's I like the that. vision. I do too, and I could totally see something like mm. that. Because it happening. merges all your yeah. strengths and all your capabilities with your advocacy for mental health and movement ballet and everything all under one roof I love it yeah let's put it out there let's put it out (laughs) it's also what we need yeah what we need you know especially now we know that out of a pandemic sometimes there are times where we need to just be out of our house Mm -hmm. not everybody has that privilege to have privacy um so yeah and my last last question is please tell everyone where you teach um in case they want to come and try out a class with you and also can we come yeah <laughs> of course you can come you're more than welcome to um so we are currently based in Battersea um southwest London um and we have our adult classes and we also have our baby ballet class and our um j troopers j for junior classes um at the moment um the adults classes are running very very smoothly and they run every week um and we are in the last stretch of preparing for our first ever annual show awesome yeah, we will be in Stanley Arts Theatre in South Norwood on 31st of October um, at 3 o'clock. Oh, lovely. So if you are interested or just want to come and see or support, please do join us. It'll be lovely to have um, you, you and everyone um, there as well. And um, yes, and eventually we'll be opening up some evening classes for the adults as well instead of just on Saturdays and whole load of different ideas that i have running around my mind so come and join the movement the support see the journey and we'd love to have you there lovely ruth thank you so much for your time appreciate you like carving out the time to speak to us because you know you're super busy but yeah thank you so much thank you thank you guys honestly and um the things you guys are doing as well is absolutely amazing um so yeah thank you for just creating this space given the chance for people to speak and raising awareness about how important fitness and just moving is especially in our community we need it yeah absolutely so yeah thank you talking with Ruth has just kind of brought me back to my childhood like a lot of things that we discussed about you know, the ballet scene and what's expected of you. It really brought me back. And I'm so glad that Ruth continued on her journey to doing what she's doing now. It's it's a wonderful thing. And I wish I had someone like Ruth around um, when I was um, going to ballet school, you know, a couple times a week and on the weekend, because I was really into it. I really was. But um, yeah, some of the experiences that Ruth told us about, you know, really sat with me because I'd actually been through them myself. And 
she had a thick enough skin to kind of turn it around and say, no, I deserve to be here. And not only do I deserve to be here, but I'm going to make a change for other little girls. So, yeah, it just brought me back to being, you know, young again. But I'm so glad she's doing what she's doing. And you know what? I think I might go to one of her adult classes again, I think. I think we should, you know. Shall we? I think we should, <laughs> yeah. up in a tutu. Yeah, no, I think, <laughs> I think we should. Like, not only to, like, support her mission, but just, just to, I guess, reframe our experience. Of, or maybe more specifically yours, because you did it. But yeah. reframe your experience of ballet and have, like, that comparison to be like oh my god that was that but this is this and i really yeah. like this now um so i think that might be a really interesting little experience for us both i feel a tryout coming on i feel a tryout yeah amazing that would be so cool yeah um because we've done a bar which i think it's um ballet inspired Mm-mm. partly um i have been doing that so it would be nice to actually do a ballet class um, and get some moves in. Yeah. I think that'd be great. Yeah. yeah. Oh, excited. I think so um, and yeah, their show, um, she said was the 31st. They've got a show with the, um, the children, um, which actually I think will be really good for us to go and watch too. I think so, um, yeah. So let's get to it. We'll um, post details of the show. If anyone else is interested in going, um, we'll share all of those details. Um, but yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed that chat with Ruth. Yeah. Um, she's a fellow South Londoner, so she gets like an extra star. Yes. And yeah, just her, you can really hear, I guess, the passion in her voice and like, the way she describes like her experience and stuff like that. And I, I love that. I really, really love when I can feel that someone is so like deeply involved um, on such a level in like an activity or something that they just really, really like. Mm-hmm. Because it, it then means so much more than just the activity. Like there's so much around it that they want to build on or that is important to them to share it and stuff like that. So I think that's really impactful. Yeah. Um, But yeah, thank you so much, Ruth. And thank you guys for tuning in. Yeah. Let us know what you think on the old social media. Relatively fit. (laughs) Why are you doing this? I can't stand it. Because I wanted to, you know, be in... At relatively fit pod like yeah that's the bit i forgot Uh, at the end and i was doing so well and being so confident well anyway (laughs) you should know (laughs) (laughs) you should know it by now but here's the thing we might get a new (laughs) listener simply that she jumped to this episode so we got keep sharing it with the people there relatively fit embedded into the subconscious that we are the podcast you should be listening to yes we are the one you need (laughs) we are the one you need bye oh okay bye then (laughs) bye